Well, this morning I want to approach you all with a topical type teaching, kind of taking a break for, at least for the moment, from the book of Exodus. Um, Over the past eight years, I've been teaching kind of in a verse-by-verse style, initially starting back in January of 2009 with the Gospel of John. I should say I've been teaching consecutively in a verse-by-verse uh, style, starting back in the Gospel of John in 2009, and then going all the way through the book of Revelation in the New Testament, and then on into the Old Testament books of uh, Genesis and most recently Exodus. But there has been uh, for a long time now, actually it's probably been for about 20 plus years of my 31 years of Christianity that I've been becoming more and more uh, disenchanted, increasingly disheartened, if you will, with modern day Christianity. And this is just something that's been on my own heart, right? Now I know anytime someone begins to speak in the manner in which I will speak today that they run the risk of being called petty or nitpicky or legalistic and maybe many more terms that I can't think of at the moment. And I don't deny that someone has the right to see me in that way when I speak of modern day Christianity being a disappointment in my eyes personally. Um, Many people are just fine with modern day Christianity today. And truth be told, maybe it's just the Lord simply stirring something up within me only. I don't know. But nonetheless, I just wanted to share with you some things that have been on my heart and share them with you this morning um, as a body of believers that gather together like this. So, you see, within my mind and with my own heart, I often reflect back on the time, as you know, many of you may do as well, reflect back on the time when I first came to Christ. You know, I, I remember the kind of life that I had without Christ and the way that my life changed the day that I, that I came to Him. You see, I came to Christ not in a church service and not in any group setting at all, for that matter. When I gave my life to Christ, I came to Him all alone in my apartment in Mesa, Arizona. And it was just one of those times where a lot of people experience this, I'm sure. But, you know, I was at the end of my rope, as we say, right? I was inwardly despondent and hopeless. From an emotional standpoint, I was at death's door, hoping somehow that day that my life would end, right? And I'm sure, again, that many have similar testimonies and many have different testimonies as well as how and when they came to a personal relationship with Jesus Christ. And I'm not going to spend much time on my testimony this morning other other than to say that on that day of what was for me a time in my life of complete and utter despair, I fell on my knees that day. And I surrendered my life to Jesus Christ as both my Savior and my Lord. So day one of being born again for me was the first day of being sold out for Jesus Christ. I came that very same day to understand the power of the Word of God, which is why I've been so bent on 
on teaching it and keeping people focused on it. Because prior to falling on my knees on that day and giving my life to Christ, I had spent time that day reading uh, the Word of God. And since that very day, since coming to Christ, that is, I, I have had within me a desire to preach and to teach the gospel, the whole counsel of the Word of God. And anybody who knew me back then knew that that's what I did, uh, you know, uh, preach the gospel every day, you know, after coming to Christ. Um, I've always had a burden within me to see others come to, uh, come to know Jesus in a life-changing way. So for 31 years now, I have taught the gospel to others and, and shared the life-changing truth of the Word of God because of what it did within me. See, I came to Christ in 1986, and I felt the call at that time to go into the world around me and share the gospel of Jesus Christ with others. And it was all that I knew about Christianity. I didn't know anything else. I wasn't around any church or any denomination or anything like that to know anything different. So what I knew was what was happening in my life, what I was experiencing. And from what I was experiencing, I was just simply going out and sharing it. And now, 30, 31 years later, though, I kind of find myself in a different kind of despair, I would call it, a different kind of despondentness, a place where I have a, a great concern for the Christianity that I found myself a part of. I, I really don't think that the Christianity that I see in America today as a whole is the Christianity that I learned and came to when I came to Christ that day on my knees in my apartment, right? You see, the Christianity that I came to was filled with Christ, right? His, he dwelt richly within me, and His Spirit still does today. My despair and despondentness that I talk about today is not an inward struggle, because I'm happy and blessed in Christ, but I find myself disenchanted today with the Christianity that I see around me, you know? Again, I'm simply sharing my own heart this morning. I'm not looking for any agreement or anything like that. This is just something that the Lord placed on my heart to share. But as I see it, the Christianity of today seems to only faintly resemble the Christ that I came to 31 years ago, the Christ that I immediately began to preach and to teach to others. Now, for much of the way I feel right now, I must admit that I myself am to blame because from day one of my walk with Jesus Christ, I knew at that time that I was never called to become a part of what to me modern-day Christianity is to right now. I knew from the very beginning that I was not called to an organized religion, to a denomination, or for that matter, to a non-denominational church, right? You see, I don't believe at all that our Lord God ever intended for there to be all of this division that exists today. Modern-day Christianity as it exists today, 
Seems like it's nothing more than a bunch of segregated churches, a bunch of people divided up all over the place. Religions, both denominational and non-denominational. And personally, like I said, I've never felt called to any form of this type of Christianity. Even though I did spend some years in what you could call a non-denominational denomination, but I never felt within me the calling to this type of thing. Again, for this, I accept the blame, and I also learned a lot about what Christianity is not supposed to be, to be honest with you, and that might sound a bit arrogant, and I don't mean it to. But I learned a lot about what Christianity is not supposed to be by spending a lot of time in a particular group and around a particular denomination or non-denomination, whatever you want to call it. But it's sad to me today that Christianity is so divided up. And better yet, better stated to me, Christianity is in many ways divisive. And I, I personally can't help but to just very simplistically compare it, compare today's Christianity to 1 Corinthians chapter 3, where the, where the Apostle Paul was telling the Christians of that city that they were behaving carnally, he told them. They were behaving in a bad manner, spiritually speaking, because they were dividing themselves up at that time under certain teachers and dividing them up themselves up into certain groups, right? And under certain preachers. This is my pastor. This is my teacher. I follow him and we gather over here. And oh yeah, well, we gather over there. Well, Paul told them in that chapter that because of this, they were immature spiritually. And that they were such babies that he couldn't even feed them with the solid milk of the word because of the way they were living and the way they were dividing up and such, right? Prior to chapter 3 in chapter 1 of 1 Corinthians, Paul said to them that each one of them were saying things like, I am of Paul, I am of Apollos, I am of Cephas, I am of Christ. And Paul said to them, is Christ divided? Was Paul crucified for you or were you baptized in the name of Paul? He went on to to say to them again in chapter 3, who then is Paul and who is Apollos but ministers through whom you believed as the Lord gave each to each one. I planted Apollos water but God gave the increase. So Paul was simply trying to get them to put their focus squarely on God. And quite frankly, that's what I feel called to do in my life is to point people to focus on God. And even when I teach verse by verse through the Word, that's my hope, that's my desire, right? To put our focus squarely on Jesus Christ. Paul explained to them that when it came to the topic of their spiritual growth, that he he was nothing. Apollos was nothing. Cephas slash Peter was nothing, but that Christ is everything and that only God himself gives us spiritual spiritual increase, right? Following men, following religions, following denominations and non-denominations is not the answer 
to our spiritual increase as individuals. And many people fill these types of churches today, but are dry, right? Because something is missing within them. And again, you can call me opinionated today, nitpicky, legalistic, judgmental, whatever, but modern day Christianity as compared with biblical Christianity is only very, very slightly similar. To me, modern day Christianity is desolate, powerless, ineffective, and weak in the world today, right? From the outward, there may slightly be a form of godliness, but when it comes to having power, when it comes to having influence in the world today, Christianity is none of the above. And the true body of Christ is not a denomination. The true body of Christ is not a a non-denomination. It's not the Catholic Church. It's not the Lutheran Church, the Presbyterians, the Baptists, the Calvary Chapels, the Methodists, and on and on it goes, right? That's the divided body of Christ, not the biblical body of Christ. Do you know what Jesus wanted the body of Christ to look like, right? He wanted all of us to be one as He and His Father are one. But you see, this is an important point, right? Because the body of Christ is made up of many members, right? And all the members of the body of Christ should play a role in the body of Christ. This is how we have power is when we all play our role within the body of Christ. We all do what the Lord leads us to do. But this cannot happen when the body is all divided up. We become powerless and we become weak. Let's go ahead and look at uh, these verses that I'm now alluding to. Go ahead and turn in your Bibles to the book of 1 Corinthians and chapter 12. I'm talking about the body being made up of many members individuals, and us all having a role. In 1 Corinthians chapter 12, here is the topic of spiritual gifts. Paul is speaking to these Christians, encouraging them in the fact that they are all gifted by the Holy Spirit. But I want you to look down And begin reading with me in verse 11. It says, But one in the same Spirit works all these things, distributing to each one individually as he wills. For as the body is one and has many members, but all the members of that one body, being many, are one body so also is Christ. For by one Spirit, we were all baptized into one body, whether Jews or Greeks, whether slaves or free, and have all been made to drink into one Spirit. For in fact, the body is not one member, but many. So you see, the reason today that Christianity to me, is so powerless is because we are so 
divided up because the focus is not simply on Jesus or solely on Jesus. The focus is not the Holy Spirit. The focus is rather on our religions, our denominations, and our non-denominations. Now, when I say religions and when I speak of denominations and such, I'm I'm speaking of those that divide up under man-made doctrines, right? Man-made creeds and distinctives and such, right? Traditions and the philosophies of men that divide us up that cause us to to be weak and powerless under the Holy Spirit, under the leading of the Holy Spirit. We're out from under that, I believe. And you know, in Luke chapter 11, there were some people that were following Jesus around. And they were having thoughts in their minds that Jesus himself was under the power of Beelzebub, the, the ruler of demons. They were thinking uh, they, they were thinking this. They, they weren't saying anything, but simply thinking that Jesus had the power to cast out demons because he was led by Beelzebub, the ruler of demons. And Jesus, knowing their thoughts, told them that every kingdom divided against itself is brought to desolation. And a house divided against a house fails. You see, there's no power in division. Many people in the world today are just altogether fed up with the idea of Christianity. And I, for one, am completely understanding as to why they are. People are not seeing Christ in Christianity today. You know, many churches today rightfully promote the idea of let's keep Christ in Christmas, right? You've, you've heard that, right? Let's keep Christ in Christmas, and, and indeed, let's do. But I think that the focus first needs to be on keeping Christ in Christianity because our social club churches today have no influence, no outreach, no power, and unfortunately, no gospel preaching. Let me ask you something. When Christ walked this earth, did he have influence with the people? Were not the sinners drawn to him? Did he not sit with them and eat with them and love on them? Was it not the religious folk that actually condemned him and hated him? People were actually drawn to Christ. And if we would lift Christ up today, he would still draw people to him today as well. You see, we, we can't just gather. We also need to splather. And yes, that is a real word. And to tell you the truth, as I was studying and as I was sitting down writing this, that word came to me and I said, is that even a word? Splather. I don't even know where it came from. <laughs> so I looked it up and it is a word. It means to spread about. And that's what we need to do. Not just simply gather. Yeah, gathering's great. We need to gather all the more as we see the day approaching, but we also need to splather. We need to spread about. And what we need to spread about is the gospel of Jesus Christ. The love of Jesus Christ, right? 
If Christ had influence when he was here on the earth and he indwells us today as Christians, should it not then be that we have influence in the world today? And we have power in the world today. The gospel is about the loss. God didn't so love the self-righteous, the religious, the Bible students that he gave his only begotten son. No, he so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son. That is, God loved the ungodly mass of men that walk on the face of this earth, of which I was one, of which we all are one, right? Without Christ, we're ungodly, we're lost, Jesus said of himself in Luke chapter 19 and verse 10 that the Son of Man has come to seek and to save that which was lost. He also said in Luke 5, Those who are well have no need of a physician, but those who are sick. I have not come to call the righteous, but sinners to repentance, Jesus said. So, the lost. The spiritually sick must see Christ in Christianity. And Christianity is not being a follower of a certain pastor, a church, a religion, a denomination, a non-denomination. Christianity is you and Christ in you. Christianity is made up of those that once were lost, once were the sick, the spiritually dead, but now they are those that have been born again, and the Spirit of God indwells them, the power of God indwells them. That resurrection power of Christ is within us, and we have been made alive in Christ, and we can be an influence in this world. We must live the teachings of Christ, and that's the key. Right in, in, in some church groups, much emphasis is placed on being a student of the Word of God, l- l- uh, learning it from cover to cover. And of course, this is good. But Christianity is not a theological degree. It's not a church membership. It's not being under a denomination a, a, or under a pastor and such. Christianity, again, is all about Christ in you. It's not what you know. It's who you are. It's what you live. That's what Christianity is. People seeing Christ. It's it's what we live. For you to, to live should be Christ. And when you die, that will be your gain, right? With every breath we take and everything that we say and do, we are to represent Christ to a lost and dying world around us. And if you are that born-again person, then you are to share the gospel, to spread the good news that there is salvation in Jesus Christ and and that there's not salvation in any other name. Oftentimes, it seems as if the church today, we just sit around waiting for Christ's return. We say, well, I'm saved and I'm ready to go and come on, Lord Jesus. But there's a reason that the Lord tarries, we're told in scriptures as well. The reason that he delays his coming and the reason that he delays his coming is salvation. He wants to see people get saved. And we are the body of Christ. We are the hands and feet of Christ with the power of God within us. And we're to to share that with people. 
We need to stop sitting around and getting fat and lazy on modern-day Christianity that's all about self-indulgence, it seems. It's all about entertainment, good worship music, youth concerts and events, right? Children's programs and financial seminars going on in our churches telling us how to retire rich and all of that stuff. That's That's not the biblical Christianity, right? Amongst Christianity today, many wonder why the youth walk away from the faith. Why do kids grow up in the church and then so many, such a large percentage, walk away? Could it be that it was because they never knew the true faith in the first place? Could it be that they saw hypocrisy in you and me? Could it be that they, they saw a form of godliness, but a form of godliness that had no power? And maybe that's why they walk away. Could it be that they never ever heard the gospel preached in their church themselves and never had the power of God work within their own hearts? Remember, the, the, the gospel is the power of God unto salvation. There is not salvation without hearing the gospel. And don't forget as well that the gospel calls, up, calls us to repentance, to be a changed person, to not be who we once were. The old passes away and all things become new in Jesus Christ. See, Christianity is not all about you. It's not all about me, how we look, how we feel. Christianity is about us being dead to ourselves and being alive in Christ. We've been crucified with Christ. And we live only because Christ is in us. And we walk through this life that we now live by faith, not by sight, not by our emotions, not striving to feel good about ourselves or to look good, but to have Christ and His power dwelling within us. I personally believe that Christians will not become one and will not have power and influence until each one is led by the Spirit of God as an individual. And each one will be led by the Spirit of God when they put an end to their own carnality. They put an end to their own hypocrisy. And they die to themselves. And they take up the cross. And they follow wholeheartedly after Jesus Christ. Not their religion, not their denomination or their non-denomination. We are one body in Christ whom within each one of us the Holy Spirit desires to work. Is He working in you today? Do you know the fruit of the Spirit in operation in your life? Do you know the gifting that the Holy Spirit has for you? If not, then why not? Right? What is carnal about you maybe that is keeping you from walking in the Spirit? Remember, if you walk in the Spirit, you will not fulfill the lust of the flesh. That's Galatians 5.16. So then the opposite is also true. That is, if you are walking in the flesh, you're not led by the Spirit. Think about that. Are, Are you led by the flesh today? Or are you led by the Spirit? How do you assess your life at at this point? Now look, I know that I'm saying a whole lot here and moving 
rather quickly through all of this, but I am presenting something this morning that all of us here must consider. And that is, is are we living out what the Word of God says? Are we hearers only and not doers of the work? I believe that you can read and study the Bible cover to cover and attend church and and maybe even theological seminaries and still continue day after day to walk powerless through this life. And I know people that have done that. I know people that can quote the word better than I ever could imagine, but they're, but they're lost, right? We can go through this life having no power, no impact, no joy in our hearts, no peace in our own life, all because we don't actually live what the Bible says. We simply hear and then go on living without the power of the Holy Spirit. Romans 6.13 says, Do not present your members as instruments of unrighteousness to sin, but present yourselves to God as being alive from the dead. This is how we are to present ourselves to God, as having been alive from the dead, and your members as instruments of righteousness to God. So do we live that way? Do we yield ourselves to God? Do we yield ourselves to God daily? And some may say, oh, come on, Dave, nobody does that every day. Lighten up. Come on, we're under grace, Dave. Come on. Well, I'll close today by having you turn with me to the book of Titus chapter 2. And over the years, I've gone to this chapter on a few different occasions, kind of hammering home a similar message to what I'm doing today, but only in bits and pieces, not in all one lump like I'm doing here this morning. But in Titus chapter 2, and beginning in verse 11, this again I say for those that say, come on, we're under grace. It's not about living godly. It's not about living holy. It's not about that. We're just saved by grace, and that's all it is. That's all there is to it. Titus chapter 2, starting in verse 11. For the grace of God that brings salvation has appeared to all men. So what grace are we talking about here again? The grace that brings salvation. What does it do? Teaching us that denying ungodliness and worldly lust, we should live soberly, righteously, and godly in in the present age looking for the blessed hope and glorious appearing of our great God and Savior, Jesus Christ, who gave himself for us that he might redeem us from every lawless deed and purify for himself his own special people, zealous for good works. Speak these things, exhort and rebuke with all authority. Let no one despise you. Now, I have t- Noah, like I said, I've taken you to this scripture quite a few times over the years, but you see, there are no excuses for us not denying worldly lust. No excuses for us not walking in righteousness, for, for not living godly in this present age. And if you are under grace, then this is how you have learned to live. This is what grace has taught you. Too many so-called Christians today have used the grace teaching as a license 
to sin. There are no excuses for not yielding all of your life to Jesus Christ as your Lord and Master. You see, divisiveness destroys. And we don't need for religions to come to a place today where they accept one another. Right? We need for religions, for denominations, for non-denominational Christian churches to, to drop all the things that divide, to drop all the names that divide, and to focus only on the name above all names. Come to Jesus Christ alone and be filled with the Holy Spirit. Stop being immature. Stop being carnal. And as individuals, we need to die to ourselves. Die to our religious pride. Take up the cross. Follow after Jesus and Jesus alone. This is the only way that Christianity will ever truly be effective here on the earth. Will ever truly have influence and power. Right? You are Christianity. You are the body of Christ. You are the temple in which the living God dwells by His Spirit. I admit it's hard to find, but we must find like-minded believers to be a part of. Born-again, Spirit-filled, walking Christians who are dying to themselves daily. And we need to spend time fellowshipping around them. Right, You bring what you bring. You bring your gifting of the Holy Spirit and they bring theirs. Let's walk together in Christ. I have exhorted people time and time again over the past 31 years to seek the Lord with all their heart. To do as Jesus said and to seek first the kingdom of God and His righteousness. I'm tired and quite frankly, I'm done with socially acceptable Christianity, right? I want nothing to do with it. I want nothing to do with dead fellowship. I simply want to do what the, the scriptures say and reach the lost, right? Love the body of Christ. Take care of one another. Teach the word from a how to live perspective, okay? I'm not a professor. I don't care what you learn per se. My gift is to care, to care about what you live. That's my passion as it pertains to what I teach is not what people learn, but do they live it? And do I myself first live it? Because I can't preach it. I would be the biggest hypocrite of all and it'd be so easy for everyone to see that I'm a hypocrite. If I preach, we have to live a certain way, but yet I don't live that myself. Right? I believe that we need to put Christ back in Christianity. And for that to happen, this world must see Christ in us. They must see Christ in you and me as individuals. The way you live does matter. Please don't call yourself a Christian if you're living contrary to the Word of God. Don't be deceived by the doctrines of religion that have led and still are leading many to the gates of hell. The doctrines that teach that you don't have to think twice about the way you live. We need to walk in love, but we need to walk in truth. And the Word of God is truth. To walk in truth means that we live out the Word of God. The Word of God is truth. If we walk in that truth, then that means we're actually living that truth. Living what it says. This we do how? This we do 
by the leading of the Holy Spirit. Again, not yielding to the lust of the flesh, but yielding to the Spirit, being led by the Spirit, because the Spirit is leading those that do not fulfill the lust of the flesh. So, this teaching today, I guess you can say, is an examine yourself type teaching, uh, an examine myself type teaching. Remember, this came to me, so I take this as it personally came to me, and I'm sharing it with you. So, this is not me pointing fingers, I'm pointing all my fingers at me. Okay, and but we all need to examine ourselves as to whether we are in the faith. Test ourselves. I'm I'm reading from Second Corinthians thirteen five, where it says, "Examine yourselves as to whether you are in the faith. Test yourselves. Do you not know yourselves that Jesus Christ is in you, unless indeed you are disqualified? So it's possible to be disqualified, isn't it? It's possible." To not be in Christ, we have to examine ourselves. Right? So I will truly close now with this last question. Is Christ in your Christianity? If so, then the way we live must reveal this fact. We need to keep Christ in Christianity. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, Again, we thank you for your love, your grace, and your mercy, God. But we thank you for your grace and what it has taught us, what we see from your word that your grace teaches us and what your will and your desire for our lives are, Lord. You want us to come out of this world. You want us to be separate. You want us to be holy as you are holy. You want us to seek first the kingdom of God above all else and His righteousness. God, forgive us for our thoughts and the actions, the deeds of our lives when we don't live in that manner. Lord, when we get caught up in the things of this world and we get distracted in chasing chasing after the wind, Lord, chasing after things that just don't matter. But Lord, as we gather together on a morning like this and we focus our attention on you, we we realize that there is a, a truth, that your word is truth. God, it's, it's just not about living this life how we feel or doing what's right in our own eyes, each one doing what we feel is right in our own sight. Lord, that's how we're far apart from you. That's how we're divided. God, you desire that your body would all be one, Lord. And I pray for each one of us here today and for those listening via the internet, Lord, that that we would desire to serve you, Lord. To know you, Lord, is to love you and to love you is to serve you. Faith without works is dead, God. We pray that, we can often pray, God, increase our faith. But Lord, we also need to take the step out of the boat, Lord, and just begin to walk by faith in you, trusting in what you've already said, trusting in what your word already says, Lord, living in accordance with it, Lord, and not looking for for more, not looking for extra revelation or extra power. It's already written, Lord. It's already there for us 
in black and white and red for us to see, Lord, your will for our lives. So have your way within our hearts. Thank you again for this time together, Lord. Let your will be done in the coming week. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.